How's it going, everybody? My name is Travis Lima, your host of the How's It podcast. So in today's episode, I am actually speaking with Shannon McLaughlin. And I have to say, this was one of my favorite episodes to record. It was really cool getting to know Shannon a little bit better. Um, I had the privilege of actually viewing or uh, being present at one of her workshops slash presentations at a WordCamp a couple of years back. And it was just really interesting to get to know where she got to and how she got there. And uh, I have to say, if you enjoy entrepreneurship, going against the system, uh, surfing, and a lot of other cool things, then you will totally enjoy this one. Let's get into it. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the How's It podcast. My name is Travis Lima, your host today, and I am very excited to be joined by Shannon McLaughlin. <laughs> Shannon, I might have gotten that wrong. Shannon was trying to teach me exactly how to pronounce her name just before I hit the record button. Um, Shannon, how are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. That was very good. Um, was I? Did- <laughs> Yes, fantastic. That was fun. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, Shannon, for those of us who don't know you, would you mind just giving like a very brief introduction on who you are and sort of what part of South Africa you're coming in uh, from today? Um, so my name's Shannon and I'm calling in from Bloberg in Cape Town. Uh, do you want like a bit of more of a background of me? Yeah, sure. Go, you know, just give us like a little bit of a background of who you are and what you do, and then we'll take it from there. Okay. Okay. So I'm the owner of a baby carrier business um, called Ubuntu Baba Baby Carriers, and we sell online, predominantly online business. I come from a web design background. So I've had this business since, um, well, I launched it a few months after I had my son. And before that, I was a web designer, um, mostly doing WordPress work and working with female startups. Fantastic. You know, when a Twitter follower reached out to me and they said that I should get you on the show, I recognized the name. And then I actually realized that I believe I sat in one of your talks at a WordCamp. It's probably back (laughs) between 2015 and 2017. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, you gave a talk on on running an e-commerce store using WordPress in South Africa. And I felt like it was one of the most valuable talks at that WordCamp in Cape oh, wow. Town at the stage. I, like there was just, I took so many notes. I'm trying to find the notebook that I have because I, at that stage I, I was building um, e-commerce stores for people. And I think you had like really interesting marketing tips. And I was like, furiously writing them down so i think that's where i recognize you from um, oh cool thank you yeah, so, i remember uh, that one now i think it was 2017 actually i think it was 20 back in 2017 yeah. Um, Shannon, so I'm very interested to hear more about ubuntu baba but before that can you tell us a little bit about your web development wordpress experience um, what sort of, what made you get into the whole tech industry in that, uh, in that way? Mm. 
Um, so I studied, I'll just go back and give you the timeline. So I studied um, a graphic design course. Actually, it was called Desktop Publishing in 2001. And it was going to go into multimedia design and that kind of stuff as the years went by. But I only landed up doing one year. And I did like Photoshop freehand, you know, those kind of applications. Um, and we were working on Mac, Max, Emacs, I think it was back then. And, um, you know, those colorful ones. <laughs> and yeah, uh, that's kind of what started my understanding of the design industry. And, and I got interested in it. Um, I didn't, I did the first year and then I decided to leave and, and I saw the potential to be able to freelance. Um, at that stage, I was into surfing and I was just, I had done my last few years of school through homeschool, through distance learning. Um, and I just was so into like designing a lifestyle where I was in charge of my hours so that I could go surf. So that was kind of what sparked me leaving graphic design college early um, and getting into just freelancing. And then, yeah, so around 2002, 2003, um, then I started getting a few clients and just doing like, you know, business cards, letterheads, that kind of thing at that point. And it was the time when people were starting to request websites and, you know, it was starting to pick up and no one really knew what a website was. <laughs> the, the clients that I was working with were like, oh, the internet, you know, I should have a website. Um, and so at the one point, um, it got to the point where one of my clients needed a website. And they said, I said, well, I can't do web design. So he said, well, I'll send you to learn web design so you can do it um, because you know my business. So then, um, yeah, he basically paid for me to do a few lessons. It was like one-on-one -on -one lessons, learning how to write HTML or use Dreamweaver. And that's where the journey began for me of web design. Um, took me a few years of, you know, slicing and doing a million Photoshop chops and working with Dreamweaver and understanding things to realize that um, there must be a better solution for like um, C custom, I think CMS, custom management system back then or whatever it stands for. Um, and that's where I started discovering things like Joomla and Drupal. Um, and unfortunately, I discovered them first and caused myself a lot of pain. Um, and then went through the motions and eventually found WordPress. And when I found WordPress, that's what like, introduced me to the community. And I always say, like, I'm such a WordPress fan now. Lots of got a few friends that are like on the Shopify side. And I'm just like, I've learned so much from the WordPress community. Um, I've just grown so much. I've watched WordPress and WooCommerce come on board and just seen it. And I just, I love the whole community vibe of it. So that's what caused me to like go into the tech industry. Um, I have super basic knowledge on like HTML and CSS. I'm definitely not a web developer. Um, like I even feel like a fraud saying web designer because like all I would do is, I just think I've got an ability to like research, get info and make stuff work, but I actually don't know how it works properly. <laughs> Um, it's just from experience of doing it. Like, I mean, I must have made before I started Ubuntu Baba at least 150 WordPress websites for clients. Um, and I, I mean, I didn't have a child at that point, so I had, you know, my hours were my hours, and I could work as long as I needed to. Um, and from that journey, you know, I would I paid for themes for them. I charged the customer would not know, obviously, all the things I'm doing, but I'd buy plugins, I'd buy paid for themes. I'd, the only like coding I knew was like how to inspect element with CSS and then use like the CSS editor. And yeah, so that's as far as my web design experience goes. But I mean, it got me, yeah, 150 clients on the books before I started Ubuntu Baba. And from that, I obviously learned a lot, you know. 
That's fantastic. I'm actually amazed to hear because it sounds like your journey is quite similar to mine in the way that I come from a graphic design background myself mm. and I'm completely self-taught. Uh, I actually come from the construction industry, didn't feel it was for me. And so I always had a passion for design and branding specifically. So I, mm. I worked with Macromedia freehand as well back in the day mm. doing like business cards, etc. And for me, it was a case of I actually started a quote unquote graphic design branding freelance agency. And what I found was people were just asking me about website question, you know, who can do my website for me? So that kind of like pushed me into the WordPress and tech industry, like mm -hmm. you said. Um, but I had to partner up with my brother who was a little bit more technically inclined because can totally relate to what you're saying. Buying themes, buying plugins were great, but often I would have a bit of a technical mm. uh, request from a client and then I'd have to implore, you know, use my yeah. uh, developer friends to help me out there. So, so that's very interesting. Now, mm. it sounds like you have always been entrepreneurial since, you know, freelancing was your first kind of gig and you wanted, like you say, to build a lifestyle that you wanted to and you know sort of the conventional means wouldn't do that for you would you say that you've always been entrepreneurial um and i know we we about to jump into ubuntu baba and like that's that's a big one that i'd like to talk about can you tell me a little bit about about that yeah mm. yeah i think i have always been entrepreneurial i've always had um a questioning mind like I remember being super young like five six years old I would just question everything that everyone told me um I, I like I don't know why I always wanted to prove them wrong <laughs> and I think that's kind of as soon as I discovered surfing at age 15 um that is what sparked for me because I I really didn't like school because I just didn't see the value in you know if one child spoke in the classroom the whole class is to stay after school like that was for me like, fuck the system stuff. Like I hated it. Or if like one girl didn't, I remember running around the field three times and then the teacher was there with the timer and one girl didn't make it. She was like, everyone around the field again. I was like, oh, this is, what is the point of this? Like, and when I knew there were waves breaking and there was a beach and people were surfing, I was like, as, as soon as I can get out of the system, I'm out. Like, so that I can control my time and learn on my own schedule. And that's what like triggered me doing homeschool. So through surfing, I learned, I met a lot of um, kids that were doing homeschool. Um, and I think just seeing the freedom that they had um, and their parents were like, you know, as long as you pass and you get your grades, you can surf, but if you fail, you're done, like you're back in school. Um, and so that's kind of like my first customer was my dad. I had to sell homeschool to him. <laughs> and I was like, right, I wrote to Dumlin College and I found out the fees and it was like half the price of where I was at and everything for homeschool because it's correspondence. Um, and you did one set of exams at the end of the year. There was no continuous assessment. So I was like, this is great. <laughs> um, so I sold it to him. He had two other daughters that were busy driving him crazy that are younger than me my sisters. Uh, so I got away with that. And I think that was like my first introduction to being entrepreneurial because then I realized, you know, I, I mean, I remember taking the train and your pocket money and I was like, okay, five rand gets me to music and back. 
like on third class. Um, I learned how to do all those things, even like jumping on the third class and not paying. Like that's like entrepreneurial skills, you know, um, that I would learn as I was doing that. And then as soon as um, I passed my trick, I decided to do graphic design and I did a year. Um, and after that year, I was like, I know I can earn money with what I've learned. I don't have another more time for two years of sitting in a classroom until three o'clock every day. That's going to drive me crazy. Um, so that's kind of where I started. And yeah, I just, I just went from there. I think it was the seeking Fantastic. of just having freedom, you know. Mm. No, I can, I can resonate with a lot of what you're saying. Um, do you just a curious question? Do you still surf today? I should. I surf in my mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, the last time I've actually been surfing was when I was pregnant with my son, and my surfboard and my wetsuit are still in my garage. And every summer. I think every year that goes by, I'm like, the water in the town seems to get colder and colder. Like, <laughs> So every summer that comes, I'm like, this is the year, this is the year. But my son is now um, six years old, and he's not like a huge water fan in, in terms of like cold water at the beach. So mm. this year, he's got his wetsuits and everything. So this summer, I'm like, okay, this summer we're doing it. <laughs> Fantastic. Grow, uh, for me, growing yeah. up in, in Joburg, I never had the luxury to fully commit to surfing, but I have made it a bucket list item. I'm going to learn how to surf because the closest I got was skateboarding and that was fantastic. Mm. Um, so I can only mm. imagine what it is to ride a good couple of waves. Um, mm. Awesome. So you mentioned your son and I believe that that played a big part of the catalyst that eventually led to starting Ubuntu Baba. Um, can, can you tell me a little bit about what Ubuntu Baba is and how it started, perhaps, please? Mm. Yeah, so um, when I was pregnant, I didn't really have any idea about baby carriers. It just wasn't top of mind for me at all. It wasn't one of the products I was like, oh, I need to get this, you know. Um, more the traditional stuff like prams and whatever. Um, and then my son came along and I had this idea in my head of what motherhood would look like. You know, I'd take a few months off and then I'd get back to web design. Um, yeah. And four weeks in, I was just, I was like, what's just happened to me? Like, this is not what I expected. And how do I make this baby stop playing? Like everything was just the opposite of what I expected it to be. And it was very overwhelming um, I'd never felt so out of control in my life and I just saw absolutely no way that I was going to be able to start working again. I just couldn't fathom it. And, uh, at that point, so like finances were really tight. So I was like, I can't hire a full-time nanny. I can't like, how am I going to work? And then a friend came to visit me. She bought me this, um, stretchy wrap, which is basically like a long piece of fabric, like five meters long and you wrap it around your body. And it looked so like, happy sleeping baby on the box and I was like oh whatever like I've tried everything but I tried it out and it was like magic I was like what like why didn't somebody give me this when I left hospital like this is what women need they need to know about this skill and and then I kind of discovered the whole world of baby wearing um and that's what led me to have Ubuntu Baba eventually so from that, you know, the idea was cool. I'm going to use stretch out, get my baby to sleep every day and eventually start taking on new clients. Uh, well, my, my old clients again and doing web design work. And um, that was the plan. And then I realized the stretchy wrap has a very short lifespan because it's just a piece of fabric and it can't, you know, your baby like doubles in weight in the first six months. So they grow super fast and they change so quickly and 
then I started like researching the baby wearing industry and seeing the different baby carriers available. And I saw there was this gap for that age. You know, you have a baby and then you've got this baby product to hold the baby. And then there's like a three month gap almost when they can fit into anything that was on the market at that point. Um, that would do the same job of like helping you get your baby to sleep. Um, so that's where kind of my idea was sparked from, was just seeing that and discovering like the magic of what this thing, this little piece of cloth did. You know, it was amazing. Yeah. I I really wish that I had an Ubuntu Baba carrier and even something similar when we were going through like our firstborn, you know, years. And he was a particularly difficult sleeper he's 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 turning Mm -hmm. six now actually in a couple of days funny enough but uh, at this time oh my goodness myself and my wife would have the hardest time just to you know get him to sort of comfort Mm -hmm. him and it seems like you know like you say it, it almost like someone should like ship these things with parents as they leave the hospital and just be like here you go there we go um give some education Absolutely. Absolutely. So now where is Ubuntu Baba in terms of business wise uh, at the moment? Uh, Like, obviously you said it's an online store, but it's grown from what I've seen quite exponentially from say way back then when, when you started it out. So give me a little bit of a mental picture of what, how how things are going uh, at Ubuntu Baba Mm. at the moment. Mm. Yeah, it's going really well. Um, well, to put it in perspective, we did our very best month we've ever done in August this year. So that was awesome for us. Um, and obviously, we've got the reports in WooCommerce, which show us like the growth of, you know, how, how it's gone. And the graph is kind of like, nee, nee, nee. <laughs> this, but overall, it's like, it's grown nicely and steadily. Um, and it's been consistent, manageable growth as well. Um, we had a lot of opportunities to grow much faster than we would have been prepared for after the whole Woolworths Ubuntu Baba thing went down because obviously like a lot of people knew about us very quickly and a lot of retail stores were like, you know, jumping on the bandwagon wanting to stock us. Um, but we decided against that and I'm very glad that we did and we just kept it online because it's just been manageable and I can't imagine if we had taken those opportunities and then COVID had hit what it would have done to us because, you know, it's like so much loss has happened and we've just, we haven't had to let go of any staff or anything like that. We actually hired a new staff member on the 1st of April this year. Um, so, and we had a contract in place when COVID, so it was like quite scary, but it's been, it's been an amazing journey. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. Um, do you feel that online businesses in South Africa actually sort of improved, dare I say, not improved, but they had a bit of a spike in terms of sales, et cetera, during this COVID time? Maybe everyone's sitting at home purchasing online versus going out to the store because it sounds like that is what you perhaps experienced. I'm not sure whether that is due to the pandemic and everyone being at home or if there have Mm. been other efforts that you've made have you got any thoughts around that yeah i think um well when you refer to online stores having a spike in sales i think it depends on what 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 they're selling you know 
and the work they had done before the point of having an online store because there was definitely a spike in new online stores, but whether they got sales or not. You know, if you don't have an audience that's engaged and you're not selling something that people actually want to buy and need, then there's not going to be any spikes. So that's mm. where for us, you know, we've done the work for five years. We've got our customer base. We're continuously trying to learn more about our customers, doing collaborations with people with similar audiences. So we've that's how we've grown our business. So because that's been our business model, um, it was almost easier for us because everyone that was online before and distracted by real life was now online even more because they were like so scared of what's happening and checking the news and that, 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 you know. Mm. Um, and so for us, it was, okay, there's our people. How do we help them? How do we, you know, new moms, what do they need? How can we assist them? And I think because new moms, then we just had the audience and new moms were at home and have never been at home for so many hours with so many children and needed ways to cope. And baby wearing is a huge way to cope because especially if there's like toddlers and newborns and little ones at home, it's literally like possible to to have hands for all of them. So baby wearing, you know, you've got one content sleeping child on your chest and then two free hands for other kids. So I think that worked in our favor. Mm. I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, there's been, there's a lot of reports I saw. Um, uh, I think it's ecom.africa, which is run by Joel. And I have no idea how to say, pronounce his surname. <laughs> um, no but he started, he started that website um, uh, during COVID. And he's got some incredible reports on there about all the online stores that um, opened up and what platforms they used. I think it's, so it's e ecom e-c-o-m-m dot africa um and there you'll see like all the stats like i find it so interesting but uh, obviously I you actually, don't have sales after that yes of course i actually took a note now i just have to check it out after after the show see, so see cool. what kind of stats i'm a bit of a stat nut mm. when it comes to those kind of things so mm. thanks for sharing um so mm. you touched on you touched on a few things there and i want to maybe try and go one step deeper and just kind of see because when i was reading some of your blog posts on your personal site i came across a store uh the westlake store if i'm not mistaken that mm. unfortunately closed during this time due to social distancing etc but mm. one thing that i picked up about you ubuntu baba and everything is that there is an extreme amount of thought and i would say consideration or passion even that is kind of like what I'm understanding or what I'm getting from is sort of driving this whole thing for you. Like, for example, mm. you just mentioned that, you know, there's a lot of moms stuck at home. How can we help them? So it's, it mm. seems like your heart is really behind this. And I want to just, you know, touch on that a little bit you, is because so many people want to become an entrepreneur for sort of the sake of becoming entre uh, an entrepreneur. Let's make money. Let's do this. Let's do that. But it sounds like for you, it's a little bit more than that. It's a little bit more of a passion or, you know, can you tell me a little bit about your thoughts behind, behind that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I think when I, first started doing entrepreneurial stuff and I was like, I want the freedom and whatever. It was always as a young person, then you're like, how much money do I need to earn? 
as an entrepreneur or like, you know, you're going to get a job. How much money do I need to earn to pay what for the lifestyle that I want? So that was always the question. And I think as a new entrepreneur going out into the world, that's what you measure it on. And then you kind of work backwards. You're like, okay, I'm going to sell five things for 500 grand or whatever, you know, and, and that's where you go from. So that was like my natural process. And it was also like, how much can I get for myself? How much can I make for myself? And then there was the one of the turning points for me was coming into the WordPress community because it was the first kind of open source. I had no clue what open source meant. And it was the first time I experienced open source, that kind of like giving energy of giving knowledge away for free. Um, mm. there, was, there was actually one experience which was so funny where I put an ad out on Biz Community for a, a, web deve- a WordPress web developer. Because as soon as I discovered WordPress, I was like, okay, cool. I see how this works. I'm not keen to learn too much. Um, I'm just going to hire a developer for like my projects. And this guy came into my house and um, for the interview with me, he started trying to teach me stuff and telling me how to rather use it. And he showed me stuff on his computer. And I was like, what is this guy doing? Like, does he not want to get paid? Does he not want work? Like, I don't want to learn and <laughs> do this. Like, And he was like, no, but it's easy. I promise you. Like, you're wasting your time. I was like, do you not want work? <laughs> Um, so it was such a funny interaction, but it was like the first time someone like started giving me stuff for free and teaching me. And then I went mm-hmm. to a WordCamp. And so that was, I think, what changed my mindset a little bit in terms of the entrepreneurial side of things. Um, and then I think just working with a lot of business owners, creating all those websites for people and seeing which ones survived. Um you know, you've got, you're a web designer, you've got your portfolio page with links to all these websites and you do the website and one year later, the link's broken and they've closed their business. And, mm. and it used to frustrate me because I could see like the potential in it. But what I started to notice is those people that actually really loved what they did and enjoyed their job and had like a deeper purpose to what they were doing. Those were the ones that were more sustainable and that kind of hung around longer and went somewhere. And then through that, I think I just started being interested in that stuff. And, you know, I discovered Simon Sinek and uh, find your why and we'll start with why. Um, Seth Godin, um, one of the best books that I've read even to date, and he's not my favorite person, but this book is Gary Vaynerchuk's um, uh, Thank You Economy. And it's quite an old book, um, but like he irritates me now, <laughs> like as when he comes up on my Twitter feed, so in your face. But that book was like so cool. And it like taught me like the basics of how to treat your customers and that your customers are like your biggest salespeople, you know? Um, and that just kind of shifted everything for me. So it was, it's definitely been a journey, but I think when Ubuntu Baba came around, it was the first time where I had created a product that was, um, solving my own problem that I really needed it. And I didn't start it. I didn't, the idea to create the speed carrier wasn't one that goes like, Oh, how many can I sell? How much will it cost? How much money will I make? It was like, I need to get this thing t- to work for me so I can continue doing web design. So it was coming from a totally different place. And then through the journey of the product development as well, I was like, shit, this is actually really going to be really useful for people. And then my entrepreneurial side kicked in and I was like, how much money can I make? <laughs> but there was another intention behind it. It's like moms are suffering. Like motherhood, no one told us. <laughs> like this is the worst year of my life. I'm so vocal about it. Like the mm. support system for moms is terrible. 
And we're all sitting there looking on Instagram going, oh, look how amazing she is being a mom. And everyone's like at home crying, actually. And we all hate ourselves until we find our circle of moms. And so this one little piece of equipment can change that experience so much. And that is Mm. why I think I'm so passionate about it because I didn't have that right in the beginning. And like my first four weeks were a disaster. And I really believe that I had a baby carrier. That that was almost unwanted. Like, you know, they're inside the tummy for that third trimester. And when they come out, they just want to hear the heartbeat of the mom. And it's like a natural thing to want to be on the mom's chest. And generally, you're like stuck on the couch like this with the baby asleep. And you didn't move for three hours because you're like, I just don't want to hear crying. I don't want to do anything. Now you've got a baby carrier. You can walk around. You can write emails. You can do whatever. You know, you can go for coffee with a friend. So it's life-changing. I think that's where it comes from. I couldn't agree more. And I like you are transporting me back to 2014 where I had my son in a pram, newborn pram, you know, son with me. And I was trying to work and do website work for people. My wife unfortunately had to, you know, go back to work. She was a nurse and we just Um, couldn't figure out why this little guy was struggling to sleep and we tried everything, but it makes so much sense just to have them on you. And I mean, okay, I'm mm -hmm. a, I'm the dad, so I'm probably the next best thing, you know, apart from my They just want to hear a They just want to have that. I'm close. I'm safe. And all of a sudden you plucked into this like completely different world. So that makes actually so much sense that I, wish I could quickly go back in time and just be like, okay, Trav, this is what you need to do. Just like get him on you and just, you know, but that being said, it's not that easy unless you have a right tool like the Ubuntu Baba baby carrier. Sure. That's interesting. Um, also, you mentioned the open source community of, of WordPress. And for me, I had the exact same experience um, coming to a WordPress meetup and a WordCamp. You know, I was actually going there initially to network and see what I could kind of mm-hmm. get, you know, like who can yeah, I connect yeah. with? Here's my business card, you know, et cetera. And that quickly yeah. changed for me. Uh, and then um, I don't know if it's the Portuguese side of me because my, my dad's Portuguese and uh, we grew up like also a bit entrepreneurial, but we, I was taught you don't sell the secret sauce of, mm. you know, whatever you have, like, that's like a no, yeah. no, they, they must pay in order to, to get that. Right. But yeah. WordPress is kind of the opposite. You actually like give out the best stuff for free and you help and you genu- genuinely care for people. And in return, they support you. So it's, mm. it's a bit of a mind flip business model, but it works. And um, I've, I've looked at your Instagram account and I love what you guys are doing. I just think it's awesome stuff. Um, oh, thanks. You mentioned a little bit about the Woolies uh, de- debacle that came up and now i'm not sure if you are tired of talking about it and you know feel free to just not at all (laughs) okay good because i realize i'm a bit late to the party and um your name came up again and when when i researched like there was headlines already and i remember reading about it about a year ago so can you tell me a little bit about what that all is very briefly and where it is kind Mm. of today like what's the sort of latest on that Oh, so it was in um, when it went viral. It was in January 2019 when we wrote the blog, the blog post. Um, basically, we discovered that they had um, 
taken our carrier and created something extremely similar, um, ripped it off, gone to China and um, got it made for next to nothing, brought it back here and sold it in their shops for a third of the price and called it the same name, uh, used the same color, the colorways that we use and then bought Google ads um, and uh, used thumbnail images that looked exactly like ours to steal our customers and leverage of our PR, basically. It's a long my, story short. My yeah. goodness. So it wasn't just like a, a similar kind of product. That's like a little, it was it almost was a like complete a complete hijacking. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It was, it was, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of elements to it. Um, but the Google ad thing is what got me because we weren't paying for advertising. We never paid for Google ads. And we came up number one on Google, obviously, when you searched Ubuntu Baba, but now when you searched, Stage one, Ubuntu Baba, there was Woolworths ads above ours and people would click on it and buy it for 500 Rand and get a substandard product because they didn't even rip it off properly. Um, and it was not safe for newborns. It was being sold for newborns and it was really only safe for babies from seven months. So, um, yeah, it was quite a battle. But uh, the, we, the thing at the end of the day is legally we had no to stand on. Um, because um, I've not studied IP law and had no clue about creating a product and registering and trademarking and all that stuff. So um, I went to my, to, well, I didn't have, I discovered lawyers, which was a struggle on its own because um, Woolworths has a team and there's conflict of interest everywhere. So eventually I found lawyers that was willing to take it on. Um, and we did this like fake court case scenario where if we had to go to court, I would lose. <laughs> Um, and so then I was like, well, um, I'm not letting this be because my business is going to be taken down. We had actually, because of it, we found out about it in December and, um, there was a, we had this Facebook group and people started, our customers started writing on social media going, oh, um, I've been waiting to buy my Ubuntu, but I just saw they're selling them. They're stocking them at Woolworths for 500 Rand like being ripped off by why are you guys selling it for so expensive because it was called the stage one and they hadn't seen our product in real life. I was like, well, first of all, ours is made of organic hemp. It's um, handmade in South Africa. They're polyester imported from China. It's also not a stage one. It doesn't even work for newborns. Um, but that was obviously don't, didn't really mean much when people start posting photos in my Facebook groups of their stage ones that they've bought at Woolworths saying how much, how comfortable it is and this, that, the rest. I'm like, yeah, it's comfortable because that's my pattern, you know. So I was beyond angry um, and it was Christmas time and, you know. So anyway, the lawyers advised me to just go through the motions and do it properly and investigate. Um, and the best approach we saw was just a peer campaign because we had no, no legal left to stand on. Um, so that's the, the route we took and it, yeah, it worked in our favor, thankfully. <laughs> I think you were so smart to go that route because as you say, like, you know, to tackle a giant head on is just, you know, it would almost be like a, a lose, lose. A I don't lose, have any money anyway. That's, I mean, lawyers are expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So where, where are you at, at the moment with this whole situation? It's more than a year later. Have, have things been mm. resolved and uh, what's happening yeah, now? So, yeah, we closed the whole um, the whole thing, finished up with them um, September last year, I think. So it was like a six, seven month pro, or eight, nine, nine month process to get to you know finalized. Um, but 
basically they pulled the carrier from the shelves, I think just from public pressure immediately. Um, and then we sat down and there was a lot of negotiation up and down as to like what I wanted out of the situation. My main reason for doing it was that I wanted to be the third example, basically, because I was like, Frankie's soda was a huge example and the hummingbird pillow thing was a huge example. And um, if it wasn't for Frankie's um, and getting um, help from other people that this had happened to before and advice, um, I would never have gone viral. Like they've always made their own bed there, you know. So if they try to do it again, then they're really going to have a problem because now they've got three solid examples. So that was my main thing was like, I wanted to like stick it to them. <laughs> Absolutely. So but yeah, I, it's I, all signed off and all good at this point. Okay. So are you now uh, visiting the stores to get your Willie's groceries uh, or are you maybe finding alternative routes to get the... <laughs> Your fresh produce. Everyone, everybody asked that. All the radio DJs, because they all wanted a bit of the story. Wanted to know, oh, are you still shopping there? And I was like, well, you know, I have eat, and that's where I buy my food. And it's not like those people um, did this. It was one person that started this, and they definitely weren't in the food department. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. So yes, I do, I do still shop there. <laughs> awesome. Okay, no, that's good to know. Um, that's a, that's an interesting story, and it's a true. I read an article. Uh, someone else had written about a, a real David and Goliath battle. So it was really interesting mm. to read. And um, I mean, Ubuntu Baba is doing a lot of good stuff. Like you hire hire in, um, or as I understand, it's manufactured here in South Africa in Cape Town, all locally. Mm. So I mean, it's it's a fantastic initiative, and it's almost a bit of a sore point to see someone a bigger corporation like you know sort of like extending their hand over that so um a lot of mm, the little guys a lot of the little guys are, were rooting for you and i really really enjoyed reading about that um <laughs> shannon uh, so we we're coming up on time at the moment and i just wanted to hear from you um if you have any sort of pros and cons about being an entrepreneur in South Africa. Is there anything that you might want to tell those people who are thinking <clears throat> about starting their own business? Maybe something that's, you know, maybe there's something positive that you'd like to share. Maybe there's something that you, you would recommend looking out for, uh, navigating the mm. waters of, of being an entrepreneur in South Africa or anything that kind of comes to mind in that regard. Have you got any sort of last mm. tips for us, for the listeners? Mm. Um, pros and cons. Um, I think with being an entrepreneur, it's, it's all about just getting started, you know, um, people tend to over plan and over analyze and want to go in order and, you know, go from A to B and, you know, B to C. And it's not really like that. Like I'm such a fan of the, you know, what if they say MVP minimal viable product, just get your product to market and get people using it and get feedback. Like don't be such a perfectionist. Um, don't think you have to have investors to start a business like that. It's just, you just got to start doing it and you can start doing, everyone's got time to do it. Like if you're saying you don't have time, then it's just not your priority because you have time for other things. So right. that's the thing for me is just, um, just get going. And, and there's, there's really nothing to be scared of. I think South Africa as a country is one of the best places to be an entrepreneur because there's minimal red tape. Um, like don't pay tax, 
for a long time <laughs> as mm. a freelancer. And, and that's because I was like, I don't have money to pay a tax. Like, everyone was like, oh, you're going to get caught. You're working with big cars. I'm like, whatever. Like, get started. Eventually, you'll pay a tax. <laughs> mm. Like, it's yep. probably not legal advice. But people are so scared. Like, I don't know how to do accounting. And I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. It doesn't matter. Don't do that. Just sell your product. And eventually, you'll have a need. Or someone will tell you how to do it. Or you'll, you know, you'll just fit in somewhere where they'll be having that conversation. And, you know, you're not going to get to that table to have that conversation if you don't actually just start making money and selling something um, and putting yourself out there. So don't don't be scared to like take risks and and go for it. Um, yeah. Cons would be you don't get holiday pay. <laughs> that was always my thing. I used to hate December because all my friends were on paid leave. Um, but that was as a freelancer, you know, like now that I've got a business, you can design the business to to work the way it makes sense and, you know, actually draw a salary. Um, mm. So that that's a, it works as a pro eventually. But it is definitely a con in the beginning is that, you know, there's no backup, there's no medical aid, like paid for, um, all that kind of thing, you know, end of the year, there's no office party, so you're going to have to make an effort. Um, so there's, it's, it is, it can, like I hear a lot of entrepreneurs, that could be a lonely journey, but it is as lonely as you make it, you know, you have to mm-hmm. reach out to other entrepreneurs and, and find your crew. <laughs> you have to make a plan, brew. Sometimes you just have to roll mm. with the punches and go for it. I, I think that was great advice. Mm. And, um, and thanks for sharing. So Shannon, I think that is about all the time we have for this episode thank you so much for joining me on the hazard podcast i really appreciate it and i really enjoyed listening to your story cool thank you so much it was fun talking about it Hey everyone, so I really hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of the Hauser Podcast and I truly hope that you got as much, if not more, out of it than what I did while chatting to Shannon. It really was a stellar episode and again, it was absolutely amazing to get to know Shannon a little bit more. So with that being said, don't forget to like or subscribe to this podcast or YouTube channel if you're watching online, and uh, I will see you in next week's episode. For now, have a good one, folks. Cheers.